Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. Four women born in four different decades on a mission to help you eat right, get strong, and feel confident in your body. We have all struggled with our body image and confidence at some point, which is why we came together to create this podcast, to remind you that no matter how old you are, you can do this. All you need is support and us, your four empowered besties, to help you crush it on your health and fitness journey. Join us each week for an episode packed on not just what to do, but how to actually do it. We share the crap that no one else talks about because you deserve to succeed and we love keeping it real. Whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or beyond, we got you covered. From four badass women to another, know that we love you, we appreciate you, and you deserve to feel good in your body. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I am Kim and I'm hosting today. And of course, with me, I have Marcy and Sarah and Sam. Hi, ladies. Hello, ladies. So, what's everybody up to today? What is new? Mm. (laughs) The old age question. Well, I can see what's new with Sarah. You all can't see, but Sarah looks absolutely stunning. She got her hair done. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I will say first post like lockdown hair renew um, four and a half hours. I wanted to literally pluck all of my like eyelashes out it was ridiculous um, four and a half hours yeah because i've gone like obviously nobody would see this so i have no point of reference but because i'm going i'm letting my gray come out so we had to take full a full head of highlights and i've actually got quite a lot of hair even though it doesn't look like it so yeah four and a half hours and i was like this is why i stopped getting highlights done because i actually really don't enjoy sitting in the hairdressers I, I just I don't see I am so right with you that's why oh I haven't done my hair I'm too lazy <laughs> I just, I've uh, worked the whole time ladies I can't sit still that long I work the entire time <laughs> yeah I did I did a, I did a little bit um I mean my hairdresser's lovely and luckily she she respects that I don't want to talk all of the time and it's like a comfortable silence so that's pretty that's pretty good yeah yeah that's, that's important that's the big thing for me, I guess, today. Making chit-chat for four hours would be hard with a hairdresser. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'd just be like, well, I mean, yeah. And how many times can you, you can't even really talk about going on holiday right now. <laughs> no, I'm doing nothing. You're doing nothing. And two minutes has passed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of COVID talk. I'm lockdown talked out. So it's just like, oh, no. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's what's new with me. But thank you for the kind words. Ladies. Oh, you're welcome. Sam? Tell us how the big move went. Yeah, the move has been, it was actually really easy. I'm not going to lie. We did it in over the course of like a week Um, and we're still like kind of moving things in slowly. So we were like, how can we make this not suck? And it's been pretty good. Um, Kurt's dad is a truck and he helped us, which was absolutely amazing. So grateful uh, that he has a truck and he was willing to do that. And we are in our place. It still is not, you know, we're still moving things around, but it feels so expansive and and just um, exciting. Like I just have this feeling like me being here is just going to be so good for my like mental and emotional health. Um, Having this backyard and by backyard, I mean like hundreds of acres of trails and just the amount of space in our actual physical place I think it still hasn't like caught up to me fully um and it's almost like am I really here like is this really my life but I'm getting used to it because it is my life and I deserve it and all the yes, things you do. and yeah, yeah. so 
And what? I know I have a bathtub and I'm fucking taking baths like a it's just so it's like I'm indulging in all the self-care practices I always have wanted to do but maybe didn't have access for I didn't prioritize and now I'm very much prioritizing those things and it just feels really good so yeah that's incredible Sam yeah Marcy yeah so not a whole lot is new in my life I wish I could say I was able to get my hair done because the last time was when Sam came to visit me in February. Oh. So my hair has been like up in a bun pretty much <laughs> since then. Uh, it's been a long time. Dude, and same here. Oh, I mean, my hair is always in a bun. Like, what am I saying? But yeah, no, it's just, it's been really bad. Uh, and in California, the hair salons, just like the gyms, had opened up for maybe a week or two, and then they had to close again. So I don't know. I'm going to have to figure something out. But I actually like getting my hair done because Sam can attest to this. My hairdresser is the funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. So She I just, is amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. Like, just keeps it real, tells it like it is, you know, she's got some pretty crude humor, I will say, but she's fun, so I just laugh the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, but um, other than that, so I think there's been some, like, weird, my life has been kind of in limbo since January, essentially, which has been somewhat stressful, and that, like, the chapter that was keeping me in limbo officially closed yesterday, and I was, you know, worried about how I was going to feel, and when it happened, I was like, this like wave of peace came over me. And I was just like, it was so nice how, I don't know, how it did not end up the way that I thought it would. And I just feel like I can finally move on with my life and just, yeah, start a new chapter, I guess. So I'm excited about that. I shouldn't say like anything is new necessarily, but I am looking forward to what will be new in the future. So that's kind of what's yeah. going on for me. And I love that. Um, yeah. still, you, still not sure, like still not sure what I'm doing with the living situation. Like I've considered at the beginning of next year, like, do I move somewhere like completely away from here, go down to LA, Sam will be there eventually. So I don't know. We'll see. Just, just taking things day by day for right now. Lots of possibilities. Yay. That's exciting. possibilities yes which is exciting i love that well i'm excited about training today ladies i got my new training plan and i've been wanting to start working on something and it's it's in my training plan and it's going to take me a while i can't do it at all you want to guess what i'm going to try and do i I saw your stories and i'm dying to know yeah people were guessing crazy things people were guessing like a back handspring i'm like you do not know me at all i don't spring around (laughs) i am not a gymnast Oh, is it something to do with running? No, good guess. It has nothing to do with running. It's it's a lifting type skill. Oh, okay, okay. It's a strength type skill. Um, You've done everything. Pull-ups? Chin-ups? Nope. I got pull-ups. I got chin-ups. What's that? Hip thrust? Hip thrust. No, I got hip thrust. I got a really heavy hip thrust. Okay, I'll just tell you. Oh, my God. It's a one-arm push-up. Oh, shit. Really excited, and I was like, and so I told Jordan, I was like, he's my coach. I was like, I literally tried it like a couple weeks ago, and I, I can't even get down like an inch. I'm like, the beginning video is like, be literally me not moving. <laughs> <laughs> That's go point, and so it's really cool. He has like static holds, like really wide leg static holds on one arm, 
and you like you do both arms and then you like transfer over to the other arm for the other so i do a, just a hold and then i do a slow eccentric where i try and use mostly one arm it's like a one arm assist just going lower i'm super excited about this Oh my God, I'm tempted just to, I do believe I tried that possibly with you, Sam. I think we were doing some kind of push-up. I think oh, I, you like age shit. I think we first tried to do it one. literally just like face planted on the... Right? Thing. Like I can't do it at all. They're hard as fuck. But I have a friend who can do them and he's like 85. And he busts out multiple. Wait, he's 85 years old or he can do 85? No, no, he's like 85. He's over 80. He's like 83, 84, 85. And the man can still, to this day, do one-arm push-ups. And whenever he does them, I was like, how do you do that? Who is your 85-year-old friend is what I'm most curious uh, he's about. A, he's a guy I grew up. Like he, he grew up uh, at my church. Like He lives just around the corner from me. And he's just an old guy I know. And he's like a lumberjack. He likes to oh cut trees God. down. He spends all his time helping people cut trees down. I love him. I want to meet him. He's amazing. You know what? I was thinking today, I'm going to see if he'll be on my YouTube video. I'm going to make a YouTube video of like me learning to do this. And he was kind of the impetus. He has no idea. <laughs> so, we should bring him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can convince him to. Uh, come on my YouTube and do a one arm push up for me. Oh my God, yeah, you so should. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that, Kim. Yeah. Okay, so totally switch of topic. Now that we've, we've all talked about what's going on with us, our actual topic today we're going to dive into is fasting. Mm. We're going to talk about our experience with fasting, our clients' experiences with fasting, why we've liked it, why we've tried it, why we haven't tried it. Um, I'll go first here because we, it kind of came up in a podcast a few weeks ago, and I don't even remember what Sam was saying, but something about she's trying something new with fasting. And I was saying that I actually have a lifelong religious practice of fasting. Well, in theory, I really struggle with it, is, is my point. Part of our religious practice is that once a month, we have a fast for two meals, which people interpret different ways. A lot of people in my religion interpret the two meals as 24 hours in between so that you like eat on a Saturday. You don't eat again until 24 hours has passed. And we do eating and drinking. So it's no drinking and it's no eating. And so as a child growing up, my parents did not make us do this. But just when you grow up in a religious culture, there's just a lot of social pressure. Like, oh, my friends are like, I should do this. And I always hated it. <laughs> like, mm. It was supposed to be this really spiritual practice because we, we also take the money we would spend on food and we give it to the poor. So we, we all pull our money together and then we give the money to the poor and it's supposed to be a time of spiritual reflection. And for a lot of people it is. For me, I really struggled with the physical part of it so much that it was really a time of like, I am pissed off and I just want to eat and when am I going to eat? And so I, it never clicked with me. And this is something we do once a month. And you know, to this day, like this is something I try to do and I get, I've gotten better at it as I've attacked fasting more from like a health and physical fitness kind of piece. Um, but I'm not good. I'm not good at fasting. Mm. So that, that's my experience with fasting. Sam, tell us about your experience with fasting. Yeah. Um, so I guess where to begin? I think what got me interested in fasting was just manipulation of um, calories when I first started, like trying to lose weight. I was like, how can I make this easier? Because what I was finding is that like, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. I am much more of an abstainer rather than a moderator. It's just easier for me to not have something at all um, or plan for it very intentionally and like give myself permission to have more of it than to just like consistently 
have small portions of it. Um, and that's just like personal preference and it works for me and I kind of enjoy it. So I was like, well, intermittent fasting or fasting generally is pretty much that. It's it's a very clear delineation of you're eating or you're not. Um, kitchen is open or it's closed. And so my morning routine and just like what I do in the morning, I was finding that like at first, the most exciting thing in my morning was food. And like, I so looked forward to that. And then like, I created a ritual around the meal and that was fine when it worked. But what would happen is like, I would, I, I was starting to plan my meals before the work I actually wanted to accomplish, which for someone that was like so food obsessed um, that maybe you guys can relate. And then as I started to heal my relationship with food, it was more like, wow, my mornings are actually packed with all of these like really fun, like great things that I like doing. And food is no longer the thing that I'm most looking forward to. So actually it, it doesn't really serve the same purpose anymore. And I, just am busy in the morning. And like, I didn't actually have an appetite in the morning. It was more like I just wanted to eat. It wasn't that I was hungry. I don't know if you guys can relate, but um, so what I basically have done is kind of manipulated my eating window um, and started to train my body into using my hunger cues as a way to kind of inform when I'm eating. Um, and so now I don't eat my first meal until about, it depends, like some days it's one o'clock, some days it's three o'clock, but my mornings are so, are like, are full. And so I just, I would rather not eat then. What I, I would rather, I can push through hunger if, if I do experience hunger because I'm busy like working on distracted. And then I get to like really enjoy the one or two or however many meals I have after that because I have more space and I can be super present and I'm not like rushing through the meal to get to the next thing. And, um, and so it's really helped me um, be more intentional and like savor each of my meals and make a ritual out of eating rather than having it be something I just have to like check off of my list of things to do. Like, oh, I should eat. Oh, it's lunch. I should eat. Oh, I should eat. It's like, no, like I, I don't need to eat right now. Actually, I'm, I'm good. I'm really enjoying the thing I'm working on and I don't want to have to stop to eat because it's not something I want to do. Um, so that's where I'm at with it. And it's, it's working really well. Uh, I like, I haven't eaten today. It's 1238 PM. Um, and I'm actually not hungry yet. I will get hungry, but right now I'm not. So I'm just, I'm going with it. So. Are you, um, are you quite flexible? So if you woke up one morning, you were just like, nah, I think I need to eat today. Is there flexibility there for you to do it? Or you're pretty much like, nah, no, this is just not what I do anymore. So at the beginning, there was a lot of flexibility because I wanted to give myself like a grace period for sure. Mm -hmm. um, now I know that that hunger is not true hunger. It's like emotional hunger. Mm -hmm. um, and I just will drink water and drink coffee. And that's, that's really how I've gotten myself kind of through. And mm -hmm. it, now my body, like after about like, a, like 10 days to two weeks, your body does um, acclimate and like adjust to your hunger schedule. So yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking about food a lot less. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I freaking love it. My, I feel like I've gotten so much of my life back. 
Now, it's so shocking, like, how you don't realise how much, when you're obsessed with food, because I've been in that position, when you're obsessed with food, it's crazy how you don't realise how obsessed you were until you come out the other side of it, and you're like, oh, my God, how was I even managing to do anything else on a day oh. Because I was just literally like, what am I going to eat next? What am I going to eat next? What am I going to eat next? Dude, seriously. And that's the thing is like, my mind was so consumed with food all the time, planning and prepping. And like, yeah. it, it just saves me so much space and time. I get so much more done in the day. I get to go out and like frolic in the woods and like do the things that like bring me joy other than eating. And it's been, yeah, it just makes you feel lighter. Yeah. So I love, I love that. I love yeah. That. Um, so my personal experience with fasting, um, so actually when we were growing up, I remember my dad would fast every now and again for 24 hours, which actually now we're talking about this, I must ring him and ask him what was his reasoning behind doing that? Because it's never actually a discussion that I've had, but I'd be quite interested to know now. Um, but personally, the first time I did any kind of fasting was when I started with a coach back in 2014 when I was uh, competing and part of his process was fasted training. Um, and so that was my kind of introduction to the whole fasting thing. Um, at that time, I discussed despised it like I really did because I was being made to go and train empty and it just used to make me feel like absolute trash so at that time if you'd have asked me about fasting I'd have been like nah I hate it I didn't like it made me it made me think about food more I mean I, around that time anyway I was having to be, then be so particular with everything that I was eating and the amount the amounts I was eating that was kind of a bit of a unhealthy shifting point for my relationship with food um so as i kind of <clears throat> healed my relationship with food after i had competed and come out of the other side of that kind of like shit show um my next experiment with fasting was sam and i did a fat loss phase last year i think it was yeah and that was after actually, our challenge or something yeah and that was actually the first fat loss phase I've done since 2015 because um, when I <clears throat> was coming out of the other side of like the competing thing I just didn't want anything I got myself into such a mess that I had to take time away from doing any kind of fat loss so I was really nervous when we started this the, the fat loss phase mm -hmm. but I decided to give intermittent fasting a go because um, I wanted to see, first of all, if I despised it as much as I had the first, <laughs> the first time round. Um, and second of all, I like big meals. And yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to have more satisfaction eating two bigger meals and maybe like a snack. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna give this go. And actually for the time that I did it, it worked pretty well for me. Um, but it's not something that I have continued really. Um, but what I will do is I, I've stopped automatically getting up and always eating breakfast. So I will kind of judge it on if I'm not hungry, then I, I will leave it until I actually am. So sometimes most of the time I'll have breakfast, but if I don't feel like it, then I don't just do it just because if that makes sense. Um, yeah. that's kind of been my, that's kind of been my experience. Yeah. I love what you said about the satisfaction factor, because I think that for me is like, I like, I do like feeling full. Um, I don't like 
finishing a meal and being like, okay, I'm not satisfied. And I would rather just wait until X time so that I can have two big meals. And my meals are like, you know, between almost like 800 and a thousand calories, depending on like what phase of my life I'm in. I mean, I don't know. I I haven't been tracking calories, but I would, I would imagine, I mean, I actually just started recently tracking again just to see where I'm at, but like my meals are around that. And that that feels really big, but I'm like, you know what? That's great. It's great that it feels really big because it's satisfying. And that means I'm not going to go off the rails and like resort back into like binge eating habits because I feel like I'm giving myself so much permission that I'm like, am I overindulging? You know, but it's like, no, this is actually really, really good for me. So I've, I've been loving it to be honest, but it's taken me a while to get to the place where I have been loving it. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? I'm sorry, guys. I got kicked off. We're in the middle of a tropical storm here, and my power has come on and off like three times since we started. And I'm on my phone now. Um, I'll see if I can stay. So Sam, you're doing two meals a day? Yeah. Sometimes I do one meal a day. Um, It's definitely harder. Okay. But um, most days I do two meals a day and maybe like a a dessert if I'm feeling it. Um, but typically it's like a smaller lunch and a bigger dinner is what I've been really enjoying. And did you already share with everybody why you chose to start doing that? Um, well, I did it because of the, like, I'm a, an abstainer rather than a moderator. And so I was just kind of like figuring out like what, like, instead of eating because I felt like I should, or like, oh, I'm supposed to eat breakfast or I'm supposed to eat every X amount of hours so I don't lose my muscle. I'm like, that's bullshit. Um, and also the, I think beyond that, it's actually been the, the health benefits for me. Um, because I have really done a lot of damage to my hormones from binge eating. Um, I, I was doing a lot of research around intermittent fasting and the, the health benefits like proven for fasting are just absolutely incredible. Like what happens to your cells when you don't consume food for a longer period of time, they basically like totally regenerate and reinvent themselves. And so it helps you regulate your hormones way more um, and kind of get you back into a place of homeostasis. And so like, I think it's after, I'm not sure of the exact hours and I don't want to be, I don't want to say a number and then have be quoted. So I'm just going to assume it's, once it's beyond like 24 hours, your body goes into a process called autophagy and that's that cell regeneration. And it's, it's so cool because it, it allows your body to basically just like reinvent yourselves. Um, so it's been really, it's just like felt very clearing for me, giving myself the physical space to do something like this and coming at it from a place of health rather than restriction. Like I'm not trying to just like cut my calories. It's more like, no, this is actually like a really incredible process to reduce your insulin spike and to help your, my insides that I've fucked up over the past like five years from years of restriction and then binging as a result. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I actually have not read the the research. I've heard that there are health benefits to fasting, but I am not clear on what they are. So it's interesting to hear. So for you, you're saying, what are you, what are you noticing that you are feeling differently or that has changed in you since you've been able to do that? I think, um, well, do you mean physically or mentally? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think for me, the biggest thing is mentally just having more like headspace, mm-hmm. um, less planning, less cooking, less prepping, less thinking about food, um, and more space for other things that are really fulfilling in my life. And then physically, I've been working out fasted and I've realized that it was so in my head that I had to have food before I worked out or right after. I I worked out at 8.30 this morning, so it's been four hours. I haven't eaten anything and I haven't died and I haven't like haven't gone, I haven't gone catabolic, right? Like I'm good. Um, so it's just kind of crazy to me like what how diet culture and just generally like the weightlifting space can put these thoughts into your head about like you have to eat this or you have to do these things and and I've just been really questioning all of that because it's I'm starting to kind of question all of the things I'm doing around food um, to help me continue healing it and a lot of it was oh I feel like I should be doing this oh I should have protein right now I should have it's like no I don't want that right now actually so just really starting to tune into my hunger my fullness um, what I'm really craving um, and and it allows me to just have more indulgent things in smaller portions in my meals. And, and that feels really exciting because I'm like, yeah, my meals are actually like great. <laughs> and uh, I can have all the things I want. <laughs> and that's just definitely a good feeling. I think it also comes down to a person's goals because for a person whose goal is like, hey, I really want to create the best physique. Like I want to maximize muscle gain. Like, yeah, eating within a couple of hours of a workout is going to be better for that. But if that's not somebody's optimal goal, that's not their goal. Yeah, totally. And my goal right now is having the healthiest relationship with food as possible. It's not so much about like getting super fucking strong or like building a bodybuilder's physique. Like, cool. Uh, Yeah, like muscles are sexy and I think they're great and being strong is awesome. But that's a secondary goal. Like my biggest goal is just healing right now. So, yeah. Marcy, how about you? Did Marcy, did you chat while I was gone? Mm -mm. Okay. Can you hear me? We can. Okay, perfect. So my experiment experience with fasting, I started intermittent fasting when I was probably 24 or 25. So yeah, somewhere like 10, 11 years ago. And I had been working with an online fitness coach who had me on a meal plan where I ate five to six meals a day. And I was having to eat starting at, you know, 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning just to get all the meals in. And then I stopped working with him. And I don't remember when it was after that that I started experimenting with intermittent fasting, but it was pretty like a short period of time after because at that point I was doing all the research all the time on all the things. Like, how can I look as good as possible? Like, that is really all I cared about when I was in my twenties. And it, this guy named Martin Birkin, he developed a concept called lean gains, which was essentially the 16, eight hour fasting. So, or fasting protocol. So you would fast for 16 hours and you would eat within an eight hour window. I'm like, okay, we'll give this a try. And people were getting amazing results. Like he had this website, he had a forum, all this stuff. And like the, yeah, the results that people were getting were incredible. And for him, he was so lean, so muscular, 
and he was eating a cheesecake pretty much every day as part of his fasting routine and like still getting shredded. So I was like, if it works for him, like I've got to give this a try. So one day I just decided to do it. And I do remember it was very challenging. I was like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Like kept looking at the clock, but my body acclimated to it really quickly. And I did the the 16, eight for, I don't even remember because it's been so long now. I mean, a good six months at least. And like Sam said, you know, I enjoyed eating the bigger meals. I typically ate three meals a day. And then after that, I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of done with this. And I went back to eating a little bit earlier. So more of a 14, 12 approach. And for me, you know, I was personal training during that time. So I was with clients in the morning from anywhere from like 5.30 or 6 till usually around 10 or 11. And the last thing that I wanted to do was just shovel food into my mouth in between clients and not enjoy it. So I would just drink coffee and tea. And then once I was done training clients is when I would have my first meal. So that was typically around between like 10.30 and 11.30. And then my last meal of the day was usually around 7.30 or 8.00. I had started doing something called carb backloading, which is essentially you eat the majority of your carbs in the evening. So I would have a pretty big meal post-workout because I train in the afternoon and then a really big dinner. And that worked well for me. Well, I thought it worked well for me for a long time and I enjoyed it. Uh, And then I came across something called time-restricted feeding which is essentially intermittent fasting, but basically like anything aside from water starts your eating window. So even a sip of coffee would start the eating window. And I was like, okay, we'll try this. And that was tough. So like I could go a long time without eating, but not being able to drink coffee until a certain period of time was challenging. And that, the time-restricted eating, I started that more so for health purposes, whereas the intermittent fasting was more just for physique purposes. Mm. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There there was like, I was like, am I talking to myself because I don't hear any background noise or anything? (laughs) Okay. And I, I I can't see the video uh, on my phone. (laughs) We've been having a lot of, a lot of technical difficulties today. So I was like, please tell See, I can't see anything. Um, Anyway, so did the time-restricted feeding for a little bit. And yeah, then I kind of like got sick of that too. Um, So I was like, I need coffee at least. And then that's when I needed to really start working on my health because my hormones were a mess from years of chronic dieting and over-exercising. And my gut health was a mess. So at that point, I hired Vince, my current nutrition coach, and we had to go on a very, I had to go on a very regimented eating plan. So it was seven meals a day, which I condensed into six, but that's basically meaning, you know, you're happy. And and to go back to the restricted eat or the time restricted feeding, I basically was like, I'm going to fast for at least 12 hours just to give my digestive system a break um, for uh, my circadian rhythms for that autophagy, like Sam was talking about. And that is what I continue to do. But when I had to start eating so 
earlier in the, or early, excuse me, early in the day, because I had to eat six times, I was like, all right, if I'm eating between, you know, eight and seven or eight and eight, like I can get all the meals in. Um, so I had to do that for about four months. And then I, once I was healed and could go back to, you know, counting macros or whatever I was doing, then I started eating probably around like 9.30 or 10, having four meals a day. And that's what I find works best for me. I actually have to be really careful because I have some adrenal issues. I have thyroid issues. I'm also like what you call an ectomorph. So I just, I don't have a lot of muscle in my frame, no matter how hard I try to build it. So I need to be more cognizant of making sure that I'm eating a little bit more frequently so that I'm like, you know, constantly in a state of protein synthesis and so that my adrenals don't tank, my thyroid doesn't tank again. Um, so yeah, I can't go too long without eating these days. Um, and that's, and it's fine. Like I, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy eating four times a day. I could probably do three if I wanted to, but for right now, this is what's working for me and it's what is keeping me feeling good and my health in check. So that's my experience. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, so I tried fasting for fitness purposes about a year ago. I did it for a couple of months, mostly actually from a coaching perspective, because so many people are into using intermittent fasting. I was like, I should try this as a tool just to see what my own personal experience with it is. And I had a good experience with it, but I knew it was not going to be long-term for me. I'm a person who likes to eat breakfast. And so... <laughs> not eating breakfast. I was like, I don't really want to do that. But it did really help me because I was always a person who would get up and first thing eat. Like literally like get up and before I do anything else, I would just eat. And I wouldn't think about like, am I hungry? Like it was just like you wake up and you eat breakfast. And what I realized is I actually don't get physically hungry first thing. Like if I wait for myself to feel hungry, it's hours after I wake up. Like if I get up at six, I'm not eating at six anymore. I typically eat closer to nine, nine thirty, sometimes even later. So that was really good. That was really good feedback for me um, to use, but it's not something that I use personally now as a tool. Um, so let's talk about clients and if this is a tool you have them using, and if it is, how is that going? And when do you use it versus when do you not use it? Who wants to tackle that first? I, I can go. Um, so right now I don't have anyone using it and it's actually not something that I use a huge amount with my clients um, purely because a lot of them are, when they come to me, are still needing to learn to be in control kind of around food and just in the initial stages it can be um, if you're taking a meal away and people don't have the skill set to be able to monitor their hunger and be able to kind of respond as needed, it can end up in periods of like overeating and, um, you know, which then obviously can lead to um, a cycle of you know, frustration and, you know, all of the things that so I kind of, I am very careful with who I use it with. And I kind of have people need to be at a certain level with their basic eating habits 
before I would even contemplate um, suggesting it for anyone. Um, and, you know, it's a conversation, it's an open conversation with my clients because, you know, I, I'm not there to tell people what to do. I am here to, as a coach, to support you and help you talk through and see the blind spots that you might not see yourself and to just give different perspective. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an open conversation, but on, in all honesty, I've had very few of my ladies that would come to me and say, I want to, I want to do this intermittent um, fasting, but you know, it, it's, it's always there as a tool. And I have had clients in the past that have used it. Um, what I will do when I've used it with clients in the past, um, female clients, I tend to do a 14, 10 split rather than a 16, eight. So, um, just because I find it, you know, previous experience that tends to work better for my female clients um, but again it's all down to individual preference and individual individual choice and I think that's just important for everyone out there to know that this all comes down to what works for you and you know you need to you need to kind of experiment with things and if they don't work for you you know have a reality check and say yeah this isn't working for me i'm not just going to keep flogging a dead horse here i'm going to actually try something else um because you want to feel good and if things don't make you feel good and they're not helping you to develop healthy habits then it ain't working for you and it ain't worth it mm. amen to that. amen obvious <laughs> fasting with your clients it's something you do yeah um it's not something that I push on my clients at all. I don't ever say like, oh, let's try intermittent fasting. But some of my clients do come to me saying that they are not hungry when they first get up and they don't enjoy breakfast. And I say, okay, that's fine. My biggest concern though, because I do have a lot of clients who come to me with either binge eating issues or emotional eating issues, and I caution them to to use that approach because sometimes I do find that it backfires. And like for someone like Sam, who has really been working through her issues with food, her relationship with food for a long time, like she has the tools now in order to use this to her advantage. But a lot of the times when clients first come to me and we're having to unpack this relationship with food and kind of, and heal it, it can take some time. So I don't want to use intermittent fasting right off the bat because I find that often people are overeating later in the day, in the evening as a way to self-soothe, to numb, to reduce the stress from what happened earlier in the day. And if they have gone long periods of time without eating, then all of a sudden they are physically very hungry but also emotionally very hungry and they don't have the ability to turn that switch off. Um, and that can be really challenging. So I try to say like, you know, if you don't want to eat breakfast at 7am when you first get up, that's fine. Like Sarah said, I, I do like the 1410 approach. That's actually pretty much what I use myself and find that works really well. So I say, if you want to push breakfast back a little bit, that is okay but I encourage you not to wait until 12 o'clock, one o'clock to eat. Um, just because I think that it can create some rebound hunger for people 
later in the day. So especially for someone who has an unhealthy relationship with food where they tend to really overeat, that is the one time that I will caution against it until we've done more work and they are in a better place. But again, yeah, it is all about works for what works for you. And I will never push, try to put someone in a box. I just don't, excuse me. I don't think that works. Um, It's interesting because I have quite a few clients who practice Ramadan and that has been a really interesting experience because those people are having to go 24 hours without food for, you know, a month, but not even able to drink, like no water, no nothing. And that is crazy, but it really has given me like a lot of respect for those people. Cause I'm like, I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, unless someone has to fast for religious purposes or they've been doing it for a long time and it's really working for them. They don't have issues with overeating. They don't have any health concerns that, you know, we need to be cognizant of, then it's not something that I will suggest that they do right off the bat for fat loss purposes. Mm. Got it. Well said, Marcy. That was a very good explanation there. Sam. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's very aligned where I fall with my clients as well. A lot of my clients actually do use fasting or time-restricted eating or just like not eating breakfast or whatever because that's their preference. Um, but I very much take caution to quote unquote, suggesting, suggesting or prescribing or whatever, um, fasting, because I know that it is also a really easy way to mask disordered eating um, because I've done it. (laughs) And um, it's really easy to be like, well, I'm just not going to eat until I absolutely like can't take it anymore. And then I go balls to the walls and that's not okay. Um, So like Marcy said, I think only kind of offering this to clients that have enough experience under their belt where they have built an actual really healthy relationship with food and then they just prefer larger meals and they would rather abstain than moderate and they have a lot of things going on in their life and eating is something that they want to really savor and enjoy and they like to do that at certain times of the day and um, they don't love breakfast, you know, like also, you don't have to fast. You don't have to skip breakfast. You could do your fast early, like later at night. But it just usually, like once you open the floodgates, it it doesn't stop. So it's harder to stop eating than it is to start eating. So I like to just err on the side of caution with suggesting it because I know how it can turn into a binge restrict cycle. And so it's, it definitely is an advanced technique in terms of fat loss. Um, and I, I only really suggest it to clients that are starting to be, they have a really healthy relationship with hunger and a relationship that feels like they are in control of their hunger. So I personally have a really healthy relationship with hunger. I can, I can handle it. I can hang out with it. It's not a bad thing. It's like, we're just chilling by the park. We're cool, right? My relationship with fullness is less healthy than my relationship with hunger, if I'm being honest. I like to be full. When I'm not full, I kind of am like, eh, you know? And so now I'm in the practice of cultivating 
a healthier relationship to my fullness and treating it the same way that I do my hunger. Like, oh yeah, it's okay. If I'm not like totally satisfied, I'm going to eat again. It's like not a big deal. Um, so reminding myself of that and using that same strategy with my clients has been super helpful and it's gotten my clients really amazing results. I have so many clients that they're just like super, like most of my clients are high achievers and they're just really successful in work. And so typically their schedule mimics mine where they, they are doing a lot of things throughout the day. So they would rather just like not eat. And it works. It works really well. And it works until it doesn't work. And then it's time to assess. So I think Marcy and and you, Sarah, touched upon it. Like thinking of it as a tool that you can use or not at any time, given your life circumstances. And when things in your life change, make sure you check in with yourself to see, is this strategy I was using still applicable to my new routine and to my new life? Or is it adding to stress or is it causing me disordered eating? Like what is my relationship to fasting? So those are all the ways in which I like to think about it and use it with myself and my clients. I love that, Sam, what you said, sorry, really quick, um, that it works until it doesn't. And I mean, that's like anything, anything in life you can say that about, but for sure. And that was my experience too, is it worked really, I, well, again, I thought that it was working, but I'm wondering, looking back if, because I was always so stressed out physically, mentally, emotionally, and then, you know, getting up really early after usually not sleeping very well, being at the gym early and just running off of caffeine for, which then is going to increase cortisol increase adrenaline, which is then going to have a downstream effect on your other hormones. I wonder if I felt good because it was giving me this like adrenaline rush Mm -hmm. when really like behind the scenes or underneath the hood, it was impairing my hormones. Um, And yeah, it stopped working. So you have to be really honest with yourself and always tune in, always assess, how do I actually feel? And that is one thing that I will talk to clients about if they tend to fast in the morning while they're drinking coffee, while they're busy and, you know, they're on the go because yes, like you may not feel hungry, especially if you were having caffeine, especially if you're stressed out because it is that cortisol and adrenaline response, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for you. Like, especially if you have underlying hormonal issues or anything like that. Um, so just because you might feel okay now, it's like, all right, do I feel okay? Do I feel energized? Or is it kind of like covering up something that might be going on on it, like on a deeper level? Um, so yeah, always just checking in with yourself and saying, asking, do I really feel good? Or am I just scared to try something else? Mm-hmm. And that, that was the case for me. Yeah. That's a very good I think question. You have to be you have to be healthy physically, emotionally, I think for fasting to, you know, work its magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think well, the the word that everyone has used, and it's definitely the word that I use um with fasting is to think of it as a tool, mm-hmm. um, not as a magic pill, a magic bullet, you know. Um, which is is often how people come to me to discuss it. Like they've heard about this cool thing. They think it's like the answer um, to their weight loss dilemma. 
And as we know, there is no one answer. It takes a lot of work to, to figure these things out. And when people are using it, when, when people see like, oh, maybe if I do this, this will be, that will be the thing that gets me results. It's usually not. And I think as everyone here has discussed, it's actually um, a more advanced skill that not everyone is ready for, um, especially if you have, as most people do, um, issues with food in your past. If you don't have a good relationship with food, uh, it's not it's not the, the strategy I would have people jump right into. I do have clients um, who come to me having already spent some time fasting and they're kind of hanging on to it, but it's clearly not working for them. Um, helping them to see that um, has, has been part of the work that I do with them. Um, oftentimes people will be like, well, what do you think about me trying? And I'm open to my clients trying whatever they, they want to try, you know, within reason. Um, but um, it's not something that most people have stuck with as they've worked with me uh, because one of the things we work a lot around is like really paying attention to our hunger and fullness cues. And for a lot of people, it's not as great of a fit as they imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we've had a really good discussion here today. I think a lot of people will be able to, you know, hear some ways that fasting might be useful in their life or maybe some caution for like, Ooh, maybe that's not a great fit for me. And as you know, with any of this stuff, when it comes to whether it's your health or your fitness, just really seeing, asking the question, like, will this work for me and trying things out? Mm, totally. Well, I think really quick before we end, we should consider or talk about the warning signs to look out for that maybe fasting is not right for you, mm. especially if you've been doing it for a period of time. So I would say um, if you are experiencing any signs of hormonal imbalance. So you're having difficulty sleeping throughout the night. That can be a sign of a stress response. If your, you know, hair is falling out, if you are um, not recovering from your workouts, if you, I'm trying to think of some other ones that might be present. Um, those are like the major ones that come to mind. So showing that you may have, like, something's going on with your thyroid, huh? Like, I mean, if, if it's, if it's leading you to have binges in, in the evening or at any time, that definitely. Yeah. I was, I was like talking more of like physical symptoms that might be happening. Like, you know, you're starting to feel very tired throughout the day. Like your energy was really great, but now it's crashing. And um, so those are like the physical, but yeah, the emotional symptoms, Kim, if you want to touch on that, that'd be great. Well, that's the big one is, you know, for people who do struggle with binge eating and Marcy, you, you talked about this very well. It's not always a great fit to, to fast because what it leads to is, you know, this big bolus of calories that you can have at night and that can lead people um, back to bad habits of, of binging. So mm -hmm. if you have a with binge eating, you know, I would approach intermittent fasting with great caution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just have a qual, just have qualified support helping you with this um, before you dig into it, I would say like, it's okay to use it as a tool, but make sure that you have a guide or someone to support you on this journey because it can really fuck you up. And I say that from experience and I just don't want you guys to fall into the same trap that I felt it fell into. So, um, no. yeah, it's a tool and it can be used and it can be really fucking successful and helpful and it can also destroy you. So, uh, not to scare you, but to just be real, like it's, it can create disordered eating if it's not used intentionally. Um, but if you have a healthy relationship with food and you're, you have a healthy relationship with hunger, like you can totally just use it to your advantage. And like it's, it's created so much impact for a lot of my clients. So, mm -hmm. And then I yeah. think a lot 
don't think any of us have mentioned this, and um, I just really never want people to be confused about this. Intermittent fasting, any type of fasting we're talking about here, if you're using it for weight loss purposes, it does not work outside the principles of energy balance. It is still successful for loss because it puts you in a calorie deficit. And if it's not putting you in a calorie deficit, it will not work. Yeah. You can't just eat in eight hours and eat 3,000 bajillion calories and expect to lose weight. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you still got to eat a deficit. <laughs> that would be a uh, <laughs> We don't in the perfect world. Yeah. Um, and you know, one, one last thing I will say is even if you're someone who does not want to try intermittent fasting, I think that it could be good for anyone to experiment with like skipping breakfast one day, skipping dinner one day so that you can like teach your body or teach yourself, prove to yourself that like, oh, hunger is not an emergency. I can sit with it. I can experience it. I'm not going to die. Like I'm going to be okay. So not saying it's something you have to do all the time, but maybe every once in a while you choose to fast from one meal just so that you get that experience of what true hunger actually feels like. And then you can take that into your life into a you know three meal approach per day and and then that will allow you to go longer in between meals without needing to snack or graze because you're so worried about feeling hunger that's actually how i started too for sure was like just proving to myself and keeping the promise to myself around oh i can do this like when you're forced to have to fast like because you're on an airplane or like you know like food's just not accessible at that moment you realize what you actually can do. And I think mm-hmm. that was the, the very event that helped me see like, oh, I can do this. I'm not going to die. And that's sometimes how it used to feel when I wouldn't eat. It's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to like pass out. And that feeling is very real. And you can also train yourself to not feel that way. For sure. Yeah. Wonderful. So I'm working um, through a challenge over on my Instagram, helping people to practice sitting with hunger. We're working through the Lean Habits book by Georgie Fear. I'm doing it personally, and I have a whole bunch of people doing it with me. So though fasting is a way to practice hunger, it's certainly not a required way. Um, Just simply waiting to eat until you have felt true hunger in your stomach for 30 minutes is a really new skill for a lot of people. Mm. Um, And one that kind of makes them anxious, which is, you know, then I will really build up to that. So and I have clients who will work little by little being able to sit with their hunger because people tend to panic and think like, what's going to happen? So yeah, practicing uh, sitting with your hunger, really important skill. All right, ladies, this has gone on quite long. I think we need to wrap things up here. Thanks so much for being here uh, with this episode and we will be back next week. So excited. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious, and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. For women, one mission. We are 
the decades of strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.